0: Welcome to Zikhudaf Simon, my member is Abraham Goldari, and today we're going to Yuma Daf the first parak, Shiva Zyami. So, the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara and Daf Tezvav Amud base introduced a contradiction between a mission in Tammid which stated that the Lishkas HaTlaim, the chamber of lambs where lambs that had been inspected and blemishes were stored, was in the northwest corner of the base of Moked, and a mission in Midos which stated that it was in the southwest corner. The Gemara had previously answered that the to represent conflicting opinions. On this Daf, Ravada Brader of Yitzchak said, High Lishka Aksuya that chamber extended towards both corners on the western side of the Base of Moked, but did not quite reach each corner. To one coming from the north, the chamber appeared to be mainly in the south of the hall, and to the one coming from the south, it appeared to be mainly in the north. Pointing to Rav Ada, concludes that it's reasonable to say that the Lishka Satchan was mainly in the southwestern segment based on how a contradiction was resolved between the two Mishnahis regarding the location of the Lishka where the Lechem Upani was made, which was in the southeast corner of the base of Moken. Rav Huna Baredo of Yeshua said that the Mishnah Midos enumerates the chambers in the direction of left to right. Whereas the ton of the Mishnah and Tami enumerates the chambers in the direction of right to left. Now, this answer only makes sense if the Lishkasat time was mainly in the southwest. Now, when the Gemara questions how Rav Huna b'Revi Rav Yeshua could suggest the Mishnah and Tami goes from right to left. When we learned All the turns that you make should be to the right and to the east. It answers This rule only applies with regard to the avoda. But here it's merely an enumeration of the location of the chambers. And point number three. The Mishnah said, The Kolon Gadol has the first right to offer any portion and to take any portion. A Bryce is brought here that states When it comes to taking loaves he takes one loaf from the Sheteh Lechem and four or five loaves from the Lechem of says he always takes five loaves, for it's written, Arun, and, and it, referring to the Lechem Upanim, shall be to Arn and his sons. This implies that Arun, and Mechsel, half to Aaron and half to his sons. The Gemara explains later that even though there are twelve loaves, only ten were subject to division. Now, the Gemara questions the consistency of this prices since the first in that he takes one loaf of the Sh'teya Lechem is in accordance with Rebbe, who holds the Kron gets half, the middle bin that he only takes four or five of the loaves of the Lechem Upanim is in accordance with the Rabbanin, and then the last in that he gets five is according to Rabbi. So Abai answered that in fact the first and middle section of the Brysa are in accordance with the Rabbanin, who maintain that the Kohen Gadol takes less than half. The reason they hold that he takes one of the two loaves of the Shteya Lechem is that mother mm-hmm. the Rabbanin the love are le The Rabbanin conceived with regard to a broken bread that some property gives such a piece. To the Kongadal. So once again the three points are at number one. The Gemora Duft Daf Tezvav Amabes introduced a contradiction between a Mishnah and Tamid, which state that the Lishka line, the chamber of lambs, where lambs that had been inspected and blemished free were restored, was in the northwest corner of the Base Molked, and a Mishnah Midos which state that it was in the southwest corner. The Gemora had previously answered the Mishnahis represent conflicting opinions. On this Dove, Ravada Brader of Yitsak said, High Lishka Aksuya Makatsya, that chamber extended towards both corners on the western side of the base of Molken, but did not quite reach each corner. To one coming from the north, the chamber appeared to be mainly in the south of the hall, and to the one coming from the south, it appeared to be mainly in the north. Point to Ravada concludes that it's reasonable to say that the Lishka Satalim was mainly in the southwestern segment, based on how a contradiction was resolved between two Mishnais regarding the location of the Lishka where the Lechem was made, which was in the southeast corner of the base of Molken. Rav Huna Breda, Rav Yeshua said that the Mishnah of Midos enumerates the chambers in the direction of left to right, whereas the tongue of the Mishnah and Tamid enumerates the chambers in the direction of right to left. This answer only makes sense if the Lishka Sotlaim was mainly in the southwest. Now when the Gora questions how Rav Huna Breda, Rav Yeshua could suggest the Mishnah in Tammid goes from right to left, when we learn all the turns that you make should be to the right and to the east, it answers Hanimili ba'avoda. that rule only applies with regard to the Avodah. But here, but here it's merely an enumeration of the location of the chambers. And point number three, the mission stated, that Kon Gado has the first right to offer any portion and to take any portion. Now Bryce has brought here that states, when it comes to taking loaves, he takes one loaf from the Sheteh Lechem, and four or five loaves from the Lechem upon him. Rebbe says he always takes five loaves, for it's written by Haizel and it, referring to the lechem Uponim, shall be to Arn and to his sons. This implies, Mechsela Arnu Mechsela Vanev. Half to Arn and half to his sons. The Gemara explains later that even though there are twelve loaves, only ten were subject to division. Now, the Gemara questions the consistency of this price, that since the first din that he takes one loaf of the Shteh is in accordance with the who holds the cone called Guts Half, the middle din that he only takes four or five of the loaves of the Lechim is in accordance with the Rabanan, and then the last din that he gets five is according to Rabbi. Abai uh, answered that, in fact, the first and middle section of the Brysa are in accordance with the Rabban, who maintain that the Kong gadol takes less than half. The reason they hold that he takes one of the two loaves of the shteya Alechem is that the Rabban the orch are The Rabban can see with regard to a broken bread that's improper to give such a piece to the Kong gadol. All right, now it's time to go to our Simver Daph and our standard Simven is a used car, or a used car salesman. So here goes. After finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long Chamber of Lambs restaurant and parked on the southwest corner across from the Lechema Punny Bakery, where a got walked out carrying five loaves. Once again in slow motion. After finally making a sale, the used car salesman... Used car salesman? That must be Ron Duff. Yud Zion. After finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long Chamber of Lambs restaurant which reminds us, of the Gamoran Duft Tezvav Amon Base introduced a contradiction between a Mishnah and Tamil which stated that the Lishka Satlaim, the Chamber of Lambs, for lambs that had been inspected and were restored, was in the northwest corner of the base of Mulkhead, and a Mishnah and Midos which stated that it was in the southwest corner. On this dove, Rav Adabreda Rav Yitzhak said that that chamber extended towards both corners on the western side of the base of Mulkhead, but did not quite reach each corner, to one coming from the north, the chamber appeared to be mainly in the south of the hall, and to one coming from the south, it appeared to be mainly in the north. So after finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long chamber of Lamb's Restaurant and parked on the southwest corner across from the Lechem Bakery, which reminds Ravada concludes that it is reasonable to say that the Lishka Satlam was mainly in the southwestern segment based on how a contradiction was resolved between the two Mishnahs regarding the location of the Lishka where the Lechem was made, which was in the southeast corner of the base of Moket. Rav Huna of said that the Mishnah Midos enumerates the chambers in the direction of left to right, whereas the ton of the Mishnah and Tamaid enumerates the chambers in the direction of right to left. This answer only makes sense if the Lishka Zatlaim was mainly in the southwest. When the Gemara questions how Rav Huna Breden could suggest that the Mishnah and Tamaid goes from right to left when we learn, shatapone lo that all the turns that you make should be to the right and to the east, and answers that this rule only applies with regard to Avodah, but here it's merely an enumeration of the location of the chambers. So after finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long chamber of Lamb's restaurant, and parked on the southwest corner across from the Lechem Apanim Bakery, where a Kohen Gadol walked out carrying five loaves. Which reminds us, the mission stated, kohen Gadol makriv chelk berosh, v'notel The Kohen Gadol has the first right to offer any portion and to take any portion. So Bryce was brought here that states when it comes to taking loaves, he takes one loaf from the Shtay Lechem and four or five loaves from the Lechem Apanim, Rebbi says he always takes five loaves, for it's written, Mysala Arn and it referring to the lechem panim shall be to Arn and to his sons. This implies Maxila Arun half to Arun and half to his sons. So Abai understands that the first din is in accordance with the Rabban who maintain that the Kongado takes less than half. The reason they hold that he takes one of the two loaves of the Sh'te'a Lechem is that the Rabban concede with regard to a broken bread that it's improper to give such a piece. To the Kohen So once again, after finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long Chamber of Lambs restaurant and parked on the southwest corner, crossing the Lechimapani bakery, where a Kohen Gadol walked out carrying five loaves. Alright, so now it's time for a four blah back Chazorah. Daf Yud Gimel. So the standard symbol for Yud Gimel is a Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. When the Bar Mitzvah boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, that must be more on Daf Yud Gimel. When the Bar Mitzvah boy saw his rival waiting to give his pshetel in the wings, which reminds us that when reviewed a state in the opening mission the Basin should prepare a second wife for the Kongadol, an event that the first one dies, the Chami respond, If so, there's no end to the matter, meaning that if we must be concerned of the first wife's sudden death, then we would have to prepare for the possibility that the second wife might suddenly die as well. So the Gmora questions why the Kami don't apply this objection to their own position that we need to prepare a second kongado gadol in the event that the first Kongado might become Tame. They should need to prepare a substitute for a substitute for it's likely that he might become Tame too. The Gomorrah answers kolon zaris who a is conscientious to remain tower and therefore it's unlikely that a second Kohen Gandal will be needed when the Gamora questions why then a substitute is required at all. If the Kohen is a Zari's, it answers, came to Abdin and Sara, Kosheke Dimizdarif tfe Since we prepare a rival for him, we will certainly be even more conscientious about not becoming Tamei and seeing his rival take over. So when the bar mitzvah boy saw his rival waiting to give his pshato on the wings, he decided to really impress the crowd with his pilpul on what a kong says to two wives prior to Yom Kippur, which reminds us. The Gemara questions Rebbe Huda's position that a second wife needs to be prepared for the kong in the event that the first one dies. The Torah said and he shall atone for himself and for his household, referring to his wife, whereas this woman, who is not yet married to him, is not considered his household. The Gemara continues that if, in fact, he married her before Yom Kippur, there would be another problem that the word beso implies that he has another wife and not two. So after rejecting numerous solutions, the Gemara finally arrives at an effective solution. He says to wife number two, this is your get on condition that wife number one does not die. He says wife number one, this is your get on condition that I enter a base on Yom Kippur. If neither wife dies, wife number two was divorced all along since wife number one did not die, and he remains married to wife number one since her get was cancelled because he didn't walk into a shul. If wife number two dies, she was divorced all along since the condition of her get that wife number one did not die was fulfilled, and he remains married to wife number one since her get was cancelled as he did not walk into a shul. If wife number one dies, then wife number two's get is cancelled since the condition was not fulfilled. If wife number one dies in Yom Kippur, then the Kongadol, seeing that she's about to die, steps into a shul and validates her get so that she was divorced all along, and he was only married to wife number two. So when the Bar mitzvah boy saw his rival waiting to give his pshatel on the wings, he decided to really impress the crowd with his pilpa on what a Kongadol says to two wives prior to Yom Kippur, and why he continues to serve and won't come to eat if one of them dies. Which reminds us, it was taught in a brace of Gadol makrib Onen ve'Eino Ocha. A Kong brings karbanas while he's an Onen, but he does not eat them. Rav Yudah says Koha Hayom the entire day. After Rav's first interpretation, Rav Yudah is rejected. He provides a second explanation. Lomar Kol Yom Gezer Yudah meant to say that the Kongado may not serve the entire day of his aninas because of a gezerah, lest he comes to eat of Kudshim, which is forbidden. Rav clarifies that on Yom Kippur, Rav Yudah would permit the Kongado to serve in the event that his wife dies, as he will not come to eat when no one else is eating. Daffy Yadalad. So the similar Daf Yadalad is Yud, hand. So here it goes. The Cohen, who took great pride in his skillful hands. Hands, that must be one Daph Yadalad. The Khon, who took great pride in his skillful hands when it came to aiming and doing Hazar, was so embarrassed when he accidentally sprinkled a Taur person, making him Tameh. Which reminds the next mission taught that all seven days of the Khon God was sequestered, he does the Avoda in order to make him proficient in the various aspects of the Avoda which were typically not assigned to him. The Rav Chisza says the Rav Kiva cannot be the ton of the Mishnah, since he said, Taur Shanapalov Hazar Timatua, a Taur person upon whom fell a sprinkling of water containing the Duma ashes, thereby becomes Tameh. Since we know that Hazza is done in the got all seven days, how would he be able to perform the Aboda during this time? The Gemara explains where we keep his reasoning. The Pasuk could have stated, The Tower person shall sprinkle the purification waters upon him, and it would be obvious that the person is Tameh. Why did the Pusik add the words al HaTameh upon the Tame? We can confirm from here, The Tower person becomes Tower, and the Tower person becomes Tame. The Rabban says, if the Tame person becomes Tower, doesn't it fall the tower person should remain tahor? So the Kohen who took great pride in his skillful hands when it came to aiming and doing hazal was so embarrassed when he accidentally sprinkled the tower person, making him Tame, that he carried the Mechatas away for no reason, making himself Tame. Which reminds the like more questions how Rabbi would respond to the Rabban's Kavachomer and answers that he'd respond that with respect to the Kavakomer, that Shlomo Melk stated, Amarti the Vihirochokam many." I said i become wise, but alas, it's still beyond me. We see that even though the Ka'va dictates that the Taur person should remain Taur, Shlomo Melch himself acknowledged the phenomena that he, in fact, becomes ta'meh. According to the Rabbana, what Shlomo Malk found beyond comprehension was the fact that the one who sprinkles the waters and the one upon whom the waters are sprinkled are both ta'or, whereas the one who touches the waters for purposes other than sprinkling becomes tame. When the Rabbana challenged the fact that the Pasach states that the Mazah, the one who sprinkles Shalmer's garments, Clearly indicating that he is tame, they answered that the word maziz is referring to the one who carries the water for reasons other than sprinkling. The reason that he's referred to as the maziz to teach that it only becomes tame if he's carrying the minimum shear or haza. So the cone who took great pride in his skillful hands when it came to aiming and doing haza was so embarrassed when he accidentally sprinkled a tower person making him tame that he carried the mechatas away for no reason making himself tame Thereby losing his opportunity to burn the Katoris and prepare the menorah. Which reminds the Mishnah here that states that the Kohen Galla burned the Katoris and lit the lamps during his seven days of being sequestered, which implies that the Ketoris was burned first, goes according to Rabbi Shimon Isha whereas the Mishnah Tamid, that teaches that the Katoris is burned after the preparation of the lamps, reflects the opposing view of the Kachami. Daf Tezvav, so the similar Daf Tezvav is a fruit bowl. So here it goes. The Cohen who used a fruit bowl, fruit bowl, that must be more than Daf Tezvav. The Kohen used a fruit bowl to administer Dham of the Tamid on the Mizbeach and threw the blood in the northeast corner and then placed blood on the western wall and then the southern wall, like Achatus, which reminds Rebbe Shimon Isha Mitzvah, changes the procedure of the Tamidins and says that after the Kohen throws the blood on the northeast corner instead of then throwing it on the southwest corner, he comes to the southwest corner, he places the blood on the western wall of the Mizbech, and then, after running the corner, he places the blood on the southern wall. The asks why Rebbe Shimon Isha Mitzvah requires two distinct applications of the blood, unlike and the other Ola. And Rabbi Yochanan answers in the name of one of the members of Rabbi Yana's Yeshiva that says in the Pasuk, in connection with the additional Kabanus Brano Shkodesh, Usir izim echol achatiz l'Hashem al-Ola satamid nevisko. And one he go for achatiz to Hashem, in addition to the olas shall be made and its wine libation. Now the tamid is an Ola, yet in this Pasuk, the Torah states that the Kohen shall perform the procedure of achatiz in connection with it. So how is this done? He performs one application, that's tantamount to two by dashing the blood on the northeast corner, like an ola, and then does separate applications on the southwest corner, like a chatas. So, the colony used a fruit bowl to administer Dum of the tamid on the Mizbeach, threw the blood in the northeast corner, and then placed blood on the western wall, and then the southern wall, like a chatas, making sure to do them both on the lower half, which reminds the more questions of Shem Isha Mitzvah's interpretation of the Zerika Zadam procedure. For the tamid, let the colon place the first blood application, which is achashi shtaim one that is tantamount to two, below in the lower half of the Mizbech, k'maysa ola, in the manner prescribed for an ola, and then place the next application, which is shtaim shen shtaim two that are in fact two, above on the upper part of the Mizbech, k'maysa in the manner prescribed for a Why place the latter applications, which are supposed to resemble those of a on the lower half of the Mizbech, in a manner inconsistent with the procedure of a The more answer we don't find anywhere blood applications, of which half are placed above, and half are placed below. So the Kohen used a fruit bowl to administer dumb of the tamid on the Mizbeach, threw the blood on the northeast corner, and then placed blood on the western wall, and then the southern wall, like hachatas, making sure to do them both on the lower half, and always turn to the right, which reminds us. They want to ask why the Kohen applied the blood to the northeastern corner of the Mizbeach, and then the southwest, instead of the reverse order, and answers that it is said, Kol shat taponet lo derech yamin Mizrach. All the turns that you make in the performing of the Avodah should only be to the right and to the east. And so it happens the Kohen would encounter that corner, the northeast corner, first. So the similar Daftazayin is toes. So here goes. The Kohen who is jumping up on his tippy toes, tippy toes, that must be more Daftazayin. The Kohen who is jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezer's nashim. Which reminds us, Huna said, the anonymous Tanukh Utama Midos is Rabbul Ezra Yaakov based on the following Mishnah Midos that details the Ezra's Nashim in the base of Migdash. And the four chambers that were located in the four corners of the southeastern chamber was the Lishkas HaNazirim, the northeastern chamber was the Lishkas Dira Ezim, the northwestern chamber was the Lishkas HaMutsuraim. And regarding the southwestern chamber, Rabbul Ezra Yaakov said, I forgot what function it served. Avashul said they used it to place wine and oil and called it Lishkas Base Shemanya. So Rushi explains that the Mishnah. Quoting Rabbi Ezra and Yaakov in the end of the Mishnah implies he was the anonymous Tana of the Mishnah. So, the Kohen who was jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezra's Nashim was trying to see over the low eastern wall and watch the Kohen burning the paraduma aim sprinkling toward the heichal. Which reminds the Gemur brings another proof that the anonymous Tana of Mesech the Midos is Rabbulazim and based on a mission that states that all the walls that were there enclosing Harabais and its structures were very tall except for the eastern wall, so that the Kohen who burned the Par Duma could stand on Harazazim, which is east of the Harabais, and aim and look towards the entrance of the Hecho at the time of sprinkling the blood of the Par Duma. The Gemara deduces from a series of Mishnais that this must reflect the opinion of Rabbulazim and who holds that the floor of the Hecho is 20 and a half almost higher than the Harabais, given that all the temple gates were twenty almost high, it would have been impossible for the cone burning the para to see the hekel through the eastern gate. This is the reason the eastern wall needed to be lower so that the cone could look over it and see the hekel, according to the Khamim who disagreed with Ribelez Bin Yaakov and held that the floor of the Hekel was nineteen and a half almost higher, than the Harabai's there was no need to lower the eastern wall. So the cone who was jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezra's Nashim was trying to see over the low eastern wall and watch the cone burning the paraduma aim at sprinkling toward the Hekel. That was not blocked by the Mizbeach, which reminds us, Ravada bar said that the anonymous Tana who states the eastern wall is lower is Rabbi Yehuda based on a brace where Rabbi Yehuda said that the Mizbeach stood precisely in the middle of the Azara. Therefore, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Mizbeach obstructed the view of the hekel for one looking to the eastern gate of Harabais, and this is the reason the eastern wall needed to be lower than the others. But the Gemara rejects this based on the fact that the anonymous Tana Emidos teaches that the majority of the 62 Amos comprising the ramp and the Mizbeach were in the southern half of the Azara. So we can conclude from here that Rabbi Rezmin Yaakov is the anonymous Tana and not Rabbi Uda. Alright, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which definitely learned that the eastern wall of Harabais had to be lowered so the cone burning the Paraduma could see the Heiko as he aimed towards it? That's on Duff. Tezain. Good. Number 2. Which definitely learned the Ravado holds that the Rushkos at was primarily in the southwest corner of the base of Moket? That's on Duff. Yitzain. Good. Number 3. Which of the Rabbi Shimon Ishemitzba holds that regarding the Tamid one placed the dumb on the western wall and then on the southern wall, like a that's on duff. Tezvav. Good number four. Which of the Rabbi says the reasonable button hold the Kongaro gets one loaf of the Ste Lakhm is that it's not respectful to give him only a piece, that's on Duff. Yed Good number five. Which the one the Rebudo holds that the Mizbech was in the middle of the Azar, whereas Rebuzbin Yaakov holds it was primarily in the southern part, that's on duff. Tazin. Good number six. Wished up to learn that the Chamilaho that Shlomo Melch was perplexed as to why one who touches the Mechatas for no reason becomes Tami. That's on duff. Yidad. Good number seven. Wished up to learn that the Revadabarid Reyitzuk said that Lishka's base of time was very long and extended to both corners of the western side of the base of Moked. That's on duff. Yidzayn. Good number eight. Wish that they learn that Rav said, Rabbe Lesbin Yaakov is the anonymous town of Mesach Midas, based on a mission that details the four shakos in the Ezra's Nashim. That's on DAV. Tazain. Good. Number nine. Wish up they learn we never find blood applications where half the blood is placed above on the Mizbech and half below. That's on DAV. Tazvav. Good. Number ten. Wish up they learn that one affixes the mezuzah on the right side since a person enters a house right foot first. That's on DAV. Get off. Excellent. that concludes this pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ivan Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.